Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Shut the Funk Up podcast. I am the well-fed boy, and as always, I am delighted to be joined by... Jay Lit the Kid, what it do? What it do to you? What it do to you? No, what it do to you? We got a what it doozy of an episode. We have a what it doozy of an episode, episode 81 here. We are recording on a Friday, and this is a, a, a you know, we've done a couple of Friday recordings. We're drinking, mm. and but we're recording on a Friday because, you know, people got shit to do. Yes. Okay, this isn't mm-hmm. like, you know... Yes, yeah. we are drinking, but this isn't like a planned happy hour. This is, we, we got shit to do. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And we had a very, uh, we had a very busy, normal recording night. We did. Which we're going to get into in a little bit. Yes. 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 I saw gonna... the poster laying out over there. Yep. I got the same one. I'm mm. very happy we both did that. Scott, you're left out. Yep. I'm very excited about that. Yeah. So episode 81, how is everybody doing out there? uh let's get right into it let's um, do it let's let's get right into it we we uh we had a good week and but before we get into the good week i need to know how much you enjoyed hank williams the third open up the closet for me <sighs> all right i i i can't remember exactly what your words in kind of because i think you always you do an internal guesstimate of what you think I'm going to think of each peacock. Yeah. And I, I, I don't remember what your exact words were. I think you were on the fence about if you thought it was it was good, which way it was going to go. But right? I was leaning. You were leaning towards the positive, yes. I think. Yes, I believe so. So, yeah. um, and uh, as I told you when we went to the concert uh, Tuesday night, Jack White, um, you know, this was one of the few peacocks that I think I listened to every day from when we got together last episode up until this point. Sick. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed uh, Hank 3. Um, at, I was at first like, is this a little too country twangy for me? But then I said, you know what, Jay Lit the Kid, just broaden your horizons a little bit and 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 listen to this a little bit more. It's kind of like when you watch a movie the first time and you're like, uh, and then you watch again, you're like, oh wait, yes, I got the big picture. And it's very the funny. movie starring somebody that you like, yes. but the first time around, you're like, am I liking this because I like you know the star? Yeah, and like. The star that you like in the movies because I'm recommending. So you're doing like, am I liking this or trying this because Alex said so? Actually, speaking of which, I watched Prey uh, the other night. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. I need you to keep that tab open. I'm ta- the tab is open. I'm not closing it. So funny little anecdote about Hank 3. On the day of Elbow Benny Baggins' wedding... We left the house, went to go pick up some cigars for the boys, and he played a country song. That song, uh, I, I, I was listening to it. You know, we were, you know, talking and stuff, but I was like, oh, this is a good song. And I kept trying to ask him what that song was, and I didn't do a good job of I know it. explaining it. And lo and behold, first song on the Hank 3 playlist, 
I got seven, seven long months, 39 days, turn my ways around. And so it was so funny because I could not figure out how to explain it to him to get, because I knew he knew it. I, just, I ain't we, proud of the things I've done. Yeah. So it was great. Seven months, 39 days. Great, great song. And it's, it's definitely got like that outlaw feel behind it. It's um, boogie too. That's why that I was song leaning, specifically. Yes. That's why I was leaning towards like why I think you would like it. Cause it, cause it's a, he's got a little boogie in him. That song for sure. But even, you know, country heroes, the next song you have on there is a much slower kind of very docile, you know, country ballad, if mm -hmm. you will. Yes. And even that he did well. Yes. And, you know, Mississippi Mud. I mean, overall, I just thought um, it was really cool to kind of see. I don't know if you want to call it his range, but, you know, it is kind of the fact that he could kind of do everything there. And in this kind of trashy new age country, don't give a shit. I'm here for the bikers and the and the real country boys of today rather than kind of the opining on the 70s and 60s of of the cowpoke days of of you know john wayne this ain't john wayne country music no okay and this, i like that you said trash because trashville yes the song trashville yeah i yeah. mean he shits on nashville yeah and it's a gutter town you like he he just did i think uh he really in a in a genre that it is very difficult, I think, to carve out your own lane. And I think it's one of the biggest, um, you know, things that you or criticisms you could say about country is so much of it is like the same kind of they're talking about the same things and and it all sounds a lot alike and stuff. Well, and especially him with his lineage, you know, with Hank, yeah. Hank Jr. And then his, you know, his grandfather, Hank Williams. Yeah, you would probably expect him to, like, the equations on the on the on the chalkboard. Yeah, you would. He didn't have to deviate at all, and and he doesn't do that, but he still keeps that like what's the word like that? Oh, like he still kind of. Well, he pays homage to it for thank sure. Thank you. That's yeah. He that's, pays homage to his roots for sure, but like I said, it's it's very whenever, regardless of genre, as an artist, whenever you can create and carve out your own niche sound. You, and and kind of create a subgenre within a genre, that is how um, I think you gain a lot of notoriety and you also become a peacock. Yes, yes. That Very right well, there, yes. if you Very can, well if niche niche sounds. Very well put. So many of the peacocks have a niche sound. It's not that they're a weird genre. Or they you know they did something different and created their own piece of something. Absolutely. And that is why I think Hank three. Very much deserves a listen and very much deserves a place in, um, you know, in your rotation. Yeah. Yeah. Even, and, 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 and we'll leave it on this. We'll leave it on this. Even if you don't like country music mm -hmm. or it's not the first thing you go to, Hank Williams, the third is country music that you will listen to even though you don't like country music. I look, I self-admittedly listen to very little. I mean, you'll get me with some of the folk music, you'll get me with a little bit of bluegrass, but you don't see me cr crossing the aisle in the country. Right. Hank, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. You're so, in the aisle dancing. Yeah, I'm in the aisle dancing for sure. Hank 3, um get it on your playlist. It's good. Check it out Peacocks and Music.
I think you guys are going to like it. Yeah, I picked some fucking absolute doozies. Yeah, no, no, no. It was, uh, and that that was another uh, compliments to the chef. Yeah. But that was also a very good mixture, I think. Because once again, I went off the reservation. And before you put the playlist up, I went and listened to Two some, weeks in a row now? I went off and did Two some of my own. Two weeks in a row, you wandered? I, I wandered off and Two meandered. Two weeks in a row, you, you did a little acid? You, you kind of little yep. You kind of... Yeah, ayahuasca Aaron over here. I went and did my thing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so it was interesting after I'd listened to it to hear the songs that you compiled. And it was just... It was great. Yeah. Yep. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love to hear it. Yep. Love I, to hear I knew, it. I knew that uh, when I turned in my book report... That as my teacher, that you were going to be very happy with with what I put in there. You're getting on the book report, on the teacher, and I'm putting, I'm doing the come see, I'm writing uh, come see me. Oof. And you're scared, but it's, but then when you, it's a good, it's a good come see me of like, yo, good that, job on this. That, and I think you also gave me like an A minus, but the minus is because like, I didn't already know him. Yes. You see what I mean? Yes. Like you did great. But I got to knock you down a peg. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. Respectable, though. Respect, yeah. Respectfully. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um, so uh, before we close the Jenner, Jenner's Closet, um, as you guys already know, our, like, you know, our true diehard uh, listeners, yep. you know, what, you know, it's, it's, what week is it? Mm. It's the last Saturday of the month. Yes, it is. Your boy's DJing tomorrow. At uh well yeah I'll 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 get this thing edited out tonight so by the time if you hear it uh Friday or Saturday I'm DJing tomorrow at Laser Wolf for Funk Soul and Hops yep it is it is uh it it has become it has now become something I DJ Wellfed Boy looks forward to sweeping the nation yeah uh I can also I can also say we are now turning this into a shut the funk up podcast meet and greet. I will also be there. Uh, the well-fed boy and Jaylet the kid will be there in person. Yep. Um, you're gonna be dropping um, some tasty little ditties. Heater. Heaters with a Z. And I will just be there yucking it up and uh, chatting your ear off. Yep. Uh, Jordan will be there tomorrow with me. Uh, as always, uh, the lovely owners of the establishment at laser wolf uh chris our, and our, will our be resident there. metal analyst will be there to... chris will be there yeah he's just like he, he i love him so much it's become it's become a thing now where i i look forward to seeing his face because it 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 brings me in a good like to a point where i feel good about myself yes when i see him yes you know yeah, no, he's great. A uh, big supporter of the show. And just a reminder, if you go there tomorrow and you say Hank 3, Hank, uh, Hank promo, 3, code, promo, promo code. code Hank 3, and you have to throw the three digits up. You get 30% off. 30% off your beer at, you know, yes. And we, yeah, I'd actually, this time I talked to Chris about that. Yeah. And he okayed it because last time we kind of mouthed off a little bit. Mm. And when I showed up to the Funk Soul and Hops, he was like, dude, we had like four people tonight. Like, Did he? Yeah. And he was like, you can't do that shit. <laughs> and, and he was like, he was pissed. And I was like, listen, I'll pay the difference. And I said, I'll pay the difference, not thinking he would send the bill. So let's just say Alex DJ for free last month. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But it's okay. 
Okay. Because the quesadillas are that good. Okay, you know what? We're going to amend this promo code. If you go up there and you say Hank 3 and put the three digits up, you get 3% off. Three, yes. Three percent off. Now I think I can. Yeah, yeah. We can stomach that. Yeah. I will foot. I will foot that bill with you. Yes. Uh, but it's three percent off. Three percent off. That's big. Yeah, that's big. That's big. Okay, guys, we're just out trying out here save you. A that's inflation. Save you a couple shekels. That's it. That's it. That's what we do. So Hank three, Laser come Wolf. Some, yeah, tomorrow. Come out tomorrow, uh, your boy's starting it off. At 7 p.m., come out. It's 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 really a lot of fun. And uh, like I said, you know, normally when I'm DJing and getting booked for these things, I could give two shits. I don't like DJing, as you know this. I can't stand it. Mm. But this is now something that, like, I'm, I'm starting to That's stomach. That's the thing you say, but you do you really like it down low? Yes. But do you like all the other parts of actually having to go do it? No. Do you like the credibility when you're there when the big-bosomed woman says, hey, yo, that jam? Yes. yes. Yeah. So yeah. I'm starting to stomach it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Promo code tomorrow, Hank, Hank 3, 3, or stomach it, and then rub your belly stomaching. Yes. 3% off. 3% off. Yeah. Uh, Jordan. Yes, sir. What did you learn this week, bud? Well, besides learning... And I want something good this week. I'm trying to learn... Besides the gospel... Besides learning the gospel of Jack White, um, <laughs> I learned... Uh, first off, let me ask you this. This is what I learned this week. Alex, do you know who invented the saxophone? I don't, but um, I will just say it had to have been, um, I'm going to say, someone from Italy. Uh, not far away, but it was in Belgium. Okay. Uh, now, his name was Antoine Joseph. Ellie just hated that. I know. Every time you burp, I'm going to call it out just for her. Sorry, babe. Yeah. Uh, no, don't, 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 do not, don't apologize. I am unsorry. Thank you. Uh, Antoine Joseph Sachs was his name. Shut the funk up, dude. Correct. You're lying to me. No, I'm not. But uh, born in uh, uh, 1814. But here's what I need you to know. Antoine Joseph Sachs. I'm already good, by the way. No, 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 by no. By just no. that. What you need to know here and what I learned this week is that Antoine An Joseph Sachs almost didn't invent the saxophone. Joey Sachs didn't? Joey Sachs almost did not, and here's why. This man's almost died so many times as a kid that it is insane to, to find out that he actually lived to be 79 years old. Time out, pause. Time out, pause. Time out, pause. Go ahead. That's a 30 second. That's your last one. Time out, pause. Okay. What made you, and you usually don't uh, like allow, you usually don't answer these questions and you don't have to, but I implore you, what made you look up the sax origin stuff? Um, Did you stumble or were you actually, seeking it out? Actually, I was at my parents' house for dinner last week. What'd you have for dinner? Um... My mom made uh, a delicious stuffed chicken with uh, with a salad, of course. Barb's a big salad lady, and uh, and some roasted potatoes on the side. 
Mm. Mm. Uh, but I was talking music with my dad and we always end up getting into the very particulars of like instruments and stuff like that. And I, someone brought up the saxophone at dinner and I started to say, where did that come from? And that's, that's, that's all, all it takes. That's all it took. Cause you're just, you're a five-year-old kid that just wants to know everything about life. Correct. You're a five-year-old kid. Like my niece that just walks around and you, anything you say to them, they go, why? Yeah. Why? Why, what, how, when, why? and where. Correct. Why? So. Joey Sachs. Joey Sachs. How uh, did he, why did he almost not? I'm going to tell you right. Here it is. Sachs, I'm just going to give you this paragraph. Sachs faced many brushes with death. As a child, he once uh, fell from a three-story uh, window, hitting his head on a stone, and was believed dead. Uh, at the age of three, he drank a bowl full of acidic water, so he, mistaking it for milk. Time out. I'm pausing again. He don't have any more. He you don't have any more timeouts. But I, that's a penalty. That's a penalty. Yeah, it's a flag. You got the jer- You got the Packers jersey on and everything. He so fell out of a three-story before window before the age of three. Yes. Close the window, people. I don't know if they had windows back then. So. He drank the acidic water, mistaking that for milk. He also later swallowed a pin. Um, he received serious burns from a gunpowder explosion. Number four. Correct. He once fell onto a hot cast iron frying pan, burning his side. Five. Several times. <laughs> several times. <laughs> Six, seven, eight, nine. Several times he avoided accidental poisoning and asphyxiation from sleeping in a room where varnished furniture was drying. And then the only other time here that is documented, uh, young Sachs was struck on the head by a cobblestone and fell into a river, almost dying. And then he invented. And then he later invented the saxophone. His mother once said that, quote, he's a child condemned to misfortune. He won't live. His neighbors called him Little Sax the Ghost. And that, my friends and Alex, is what I learned this week. Bro? Does that does that move your monkey? Bro. Little Joey Sachs. Bro, little Sachs condemned? I mean, th- like... I didn't want to read mine. Well, I need to know now, Alex. What did you learn this week? So, as you know, I've been doing the improv classes... Uh, oh yeah, timeout. Now I'm calling timeout. 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 Uh, I need a full minute on this one, ref. So last time we talked about this couple episodes ago, you had just gone to your first class, and what I can only uh, um, briefly describe as a, an unwavering success. I'm a rising uh, star. Are you? I'm a rising star. How many classes have you been to now? Uh, I have been to four. Four. Okay, so it's been three more classes since the original admission that you that you admitted on this podcast. Tell me what's been going on here. Alex is a rising star. Yes. And he's getting a little bit. He's getting a little big for his britches. Oh. I have now started writing down bits, comedic bits, because now I'm looking ahead. I'm looking ahead. 
Your boy is looking at open mics now. Okay? Okay. We're looking at open mics. Okay. Now we're looking at open mics. So I'm for stand-up. For stand-up. Okay. But also, okay. I'm starting to get, to get an itch. For? The theater. Are we? And I don't know if you know, the theater is in the blood. It's in the Benson blood. Um, now, is there anything that I should know about besides what I would almost claim is your world famous rock star brother? My, um, on my dad's side, uh, Priscilla Benson. Love that name. uh, Ben Benson, who, uh, uh, not Elbow Baggins. No, my Ben, Ben, Benny, uh, Elbow Baggins, Benny, uh, uh, Blackjack Benny, uh, um, hashtag, uh, what's the Fu Manchu? What's the other one? Handlebar Benny. Handlebar Benny. Uh, he is named after my grandfather. Okay. Who uh, was, uh, he, he was called Ben, Ben Benson. Mm. Both of them Great American were in name. the theater. Mm-hmm. They were in the theater um, uh, up in Detroit, big time. It was actually really like, and I always knew that. I always looked up to that. Like my grandma was always playing, you know, me. she was always like the playwright. You know, she was always like, when I grew up, she was a little bit, you know, past like being in plays and she was just the piano player and like the musical director of plays. Okay, okay. Um, but uh, she, they both were like heavily involved in the theater up there and uh, we buried her, you know, this, this past year. R.I.P. R.I.P. And uh, the majority of people that showed up to the wake and the funeral were all of these people. It was a production. Yeah. Okay. All of these people from the theater. Okay, so now let's just very let's close that tab. We, now we have the background information. You have the itch. What are you thinking? What's going to happen here? I I'm going to do it. I'm going to pursue this. I want to it's it's something that like it's this flame inside of me that like I didn't know was there and just like a little tinder burning just a couple months ago. Yeah. And now it's a raging forest fire in Santa Monica. Yeah. And I, yeah, man, I really want to do it. I think I'd be really good at it. I like, and you know, I'm a bachelor here. I have time on my hands and I think it'd be a lot of fun and I'm a rising star. So how is it gone? <laughs> how is it gone from um from i guess um class two three and four the progression and where are you at um where is uh the guy that leads the class saying like give me give me some background on this i need it i need it the two we need it the two major things are one i'm starting to feel a little um what's the word uh stymied if you will mm. with uh you're not allowed because you know me and as ever like the listeners know you're not allowed to like say obscene stuff you're not allowed to cuss you're not yeah. allowed to like you know bring up like you know crazy stuff and your boy finds the like you want to get in the mud you're a little raunchy yeah i i kind of live in there yeah and when and in the beginning, it was really cool because they were like, they were forcing me like not to live in there and that's mm. fine. But I want to be in the mud a little bit more and you can't do that there. Yeah. And then also, you know, I've been there now uh, three times, the, well, four times. And the other characters that are like, you know, reoccurring, you know, people that show up, 
They're just, uh, how do I say, herbs. Oh, Tools. okay, okay. They're they're just weird, cool people. Like, I can't connect with them. Mm. Like, I'm doing scenes and stuff with them and exercise with them. And so we I'm need to just, do the situation where I show up, yeah. don't, don't know you at all. And when you step up to get into a scene, I say, you know what? I'll take a stab at it. Yeah. And then I just come in there with the chemistry. And, and to be completely honest, like, like all joking aside, you know, because, you know, I joke when I say I'm a rising star, but, you know, I kind of think that way. All like, but also... If you were to actually do what you just said and, and show up, I think you would do just as well as I do, like mm. like do. Because you do have, we start our own uh, just like uh, acting troupe? Is it troop or trope? Troop. I feel like when you, I feel it's like acting trope. No. But it's still spelled the same. No, acting troop. I'm gonna say trope. You say troop. I'm gonna say trope. Okay. So and the uh, but the other thing too. So is. I'm starting to get a little like Are you too big for your britches? I'm a little I think I'm a little too big for my britches, but now I'm kind of like I kind of want lines. Mm. I kind of want lines. Okay. And like and I've kind of learned that Do you think that we could um write something and perform it on the podcast like a monologue of some type? Well, this is funny that you say that because this is kind of like the reason why like I'm saying what I'm saying. Like in these improv classes when I'm working with somebody and like it's just not not going as well as I want to, I think about the fucking stupid little uh scenes that you and I do on this podcast mm. that we've done like we do all the time where we just like play out scenarios and we just hit it without yeah. knowing anything. And those are funnier and I think are like way better than what's what's happening in this class i think that we should perform uh we need to work on this we're going to workshop this episode 81 we don't know when it's going to come to you yet but i think that i can safely say that you and i need to uh we need to write our own little scene or monologue for the show right so i'm now like kind of like so i'm kind of like getting a little bit bored and I kind of want line. I want lines mm. i want to see how i do with lines being fed to me and working on those lines. Okay. So, okay. I think that we could certainly do some of that stuff and definitely get you some content that would be for your standup. Yeah. And then you could do that. I, I, I think I would like us to commit right now on air and, and make sure that, uh, that the audience holds us accountable that you and I are going to come up with a, some type of monologue um, for this show. Also, let's do it on the side. The newest uh, bit that I wrote down and I'm just going to say it and then we're going to just go right into like my what did I learn this week? Unless it's unless but we the have newest to do it right bit now. that I wrote down is, you know, people believe in ghosts when they see ghosts and stuff. Why aren't ghosts ever nude? Why do they always have clothes on? What if you saw a ghost that was nude? Hmm. Well, I, I think. Well, no, no, no. I, all right. So let's talk about this very quickly. Ghosts are typically, I think, trapped in whatever they die in. They die so what in, happened to the people that die naked? That's your see. That's your, your. That's what I'm. That's where I. That's where I was. That's what I was saying. You know the uh, the old guy. You know taking a bath and has a heart attack in the bath. What does he get? They're not given that. You better not. You better not be giving him a towel. No, you don't get a towel. 
Like where's and it was a cold bath, so your dick is shriveled. The, yeah, where's New England? Where's the New England mansion that's being haunted? And every time it sounds like the bath is is being is being ran, and when you walk in there and it's all foggy, the mirror's foggy, and the ghost is butt naked. Or the nudist colony where everyone was wiped out by you know indigenous people, they don't get any loincloths because I think. Like, it's weird that you don't ever see, like, nude ghosts. But also, too, if I was woken up in the middle of the night by a ghost, and I'm terrified, right? Mm -hmm. But then I see the ghost, Mm. and then it's just got, like, just a dick hanging low. Mm. I'm not as scared as much. I'm kind of, like, laughing a little bit, you know? See, I don't know. Like, if I'm waking up, and I'm, like, like rubbing my eyes, and um, I don't know if I'm going to be more terrified... If the ghost is clothed or because I'm thinking like something weird and kinky is about to happen if he's naked. Like what if you wake up and like the, you, there's a ghost in your room and he's just in the corner like, you know, cucking, like just jacking off in the corner. Mm. All right. So okay. what did I learn this? Week? Yeah. What did you learn this week? So, you know, I'm on the improv thing on the theater stuff. Mm. I was doing my research on rising star. Stuff. Yeah. Rising star. I'm killing it. So I looked up a couple of. uh where the origins of sayings and okay. the, the two origins of sayings that I learned this week were stealing one's thunder and in the limelight. Okay. Um, stealing one's thunder. Grab me a beer. That is going to be, uh, it was said. Oh yeah. From, I like this. You guess what it was. It, it was said by the Romans when one of the gods you know, stole the god of thunder. Wrong. What do you think limelight is? The limelight. The limelight was they very early on, they couldn't change the colors of sets. So they put a piece of green paper in front to get it to go green. That was the limelight. Closer, 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 closer. So tell me. So limelight first. Uh, in the limelight, a legacy from the days when theaters were lit by a white light produced by heating by heating a lime in an oxyhydrogen flame. What? And yes, that's that was like by lighting a a lime. Yes, by 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 lighting a lime in an oxyhydrogen flame. Don't ask me what the oxyhydrogen flame is. I'm not going to do that. But that's what they used. To like you know show like you know the main character on like you know stage in the, in the medieval times, and that was shown to the actors, and it was literally called in the limelight. Okay, that's what it's called. Interesting, being in the limelight. Okay, standing in uh, stealing one's thunder. So stealing one's thunder. It comes from the the dramatist John Dennis, who created an innovative thunder machine in 1709 for the his play Appius in Virginia. The play was a flop, mm. and it was quickly withdrawn. And uh, John Dennis hated that because he was always he was a playwright, and he was always trying to sell his plays to like you know the big time like Shakespeare and stuff. Yeah, but like they never wanted to like you know they never Bill Bill he, gave him the stiff arm. Yep, they never wanted any of his shit. And uh, John Dennis went to a performance of Shakespeare's Macbeth, and when he was there. Uh, the theater company used Dennis's thunder technique, his machine that he had used in Appius in Virginia and without his permission. And at that, uh, that, that play, he yelled out, 
they're stealing my thunder. So it was actually like super literal. Yes. Love that. Yeah. Okay. So that's where, you know, in the limelight and stealing one's thunder comes from. Alex Benson, playwright here at Collision Course. <laughs> okay. Very um, cool. So uh, I, did a, I did a really, really cool thing last night with a friend of the show, Chris Cody. Mm -hmm. um, I've told you about it. Yeah. Uh, the Blues Opera. Mm hmm. Uh, it's a, a little, it's, it's hard to really, really explain. So be patient with me, but it's a, it's somewhat of a performance, right? Yes. It's a performance experience type of deal. And it's from, uh, you know, uh, Uncle Scotchy. Yep. Who uh, we know from the band Juke. Yep. The amazing blues Delta Blues band. Uh, you know, if people, if they remember from episodes before when we went down to. It was uh, we, when we went to Key Biscayne, Virginia Beach. And that's when we had what the only thing I would liken it to is Firefest 2.0. Yes. And we had to leave. Yes. So we went and me and me and Chris went and we brought our fathers. We brought my dad and his okay, dad. Cool. And we surprised them. We didn't tell them anything about this. So the, the dads did not know what they were getting into. They had no idea literally up until like we like went, like we told them nothing. Awesome. Yeah. So great we, surprise. Yeah. Good job. Good job, boys. It was, it was, um, first and foremost, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, down in little Havana. Yep. Right in the heart of it. We, you met at, uh, this like cute little Cuban cafe, croquetta shop. And, uh, your ticket came with, uh, you could either choose a, uh, uh, a, a colada mm -hmm. or a croquetta. Perfect. So, and we What'd met, you choose? What do you think I chose? I think by probably time of day, croqueta. Well-fed boy. Mm. So and we met there, and it's very intimate. It's only uh, 12 people you know, can sign up oh, for. Oh, wow. It. It's okay. very intimate. And you met here. Then you walked about, uh, you walked about two uh, blocks down the road mm -hmm. uh, to this in- the hood Havana. Yeah, you're on Cayocho, right? Yeah, on Eighth yeah. Street. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's literally across from us was uh, these guys selling Honduras flags because I guess Mess is in town for like a big match yeah. and stuff. Mm -hmm. So we walk over to this uh, uh, hood, like this house, and uh, you walked in, and it was amazing, man. You. Uh, you kind of like it was a storytelling yeah. type of situation. Um, there was it was about like you know his life. He's a blues guy, so he plays like you know he does the harmonic. He's playing blues blues throughout it. It's an it's a, like an actual autobiography on him, or it's a performance and it's a guy telling his life story. It's him. It's an autobiography of him. Okay, and cool. he's telling it. He's acting it out. It's it's uh, he's talking about his you know his life taking care of his mother and his father and like and he's and the whole thing is wrapped and umbrellaed in in how he starts out he goes he goes I'm a blues man through and through and to be a blues man you have to go through your demons he talks about uh, Robert Johnson mm -hmm. and coming to the crossroads and selling your soul to the devil and you have to fight your demons to become a true blues man and he wraps it all in it was 
beautiful how he did it. Very emotional, you know, talking about his parents. Um, amazing stories. Uh, it's got like game aspects. You have to like it's it's kind of like a little bit of scavenger hunty. So it was interactive. Very interactive. Very cool. like he would talk about things. He's like, all right, well now find. I said this. Now find what I said in this room. And you had to like you know look, and then someone would find it, and they would give you tokens at the end of it, and whoever had the most points at the end of it got a prize. Did you win? I did not win. Mm. Um, but uh. It was uh, it was it was absolutely amazing, um, and I want to just plug. If you are down here in South Florida, it's called the Blues Opera. You can find it online. Uh, Juggernaut puts it on. I think you can find it on bluesopera.com. And I recommend anyone. It's really good date like night type of thing. Uh, and it was uh, it was it was very inspiring. It was absolutely inspiring to watch, uh, you know, how much effort he went into to do it. And uh, I could not believe how our dads had so much fun with it. And they actually liked it because we were worried about that. I was actually just about to ask, what was the perception from the dads? They loved it. Yeah. And you know what it was, too? And I might be, like, spoiling alert a little bit here, but his mother had Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and um, and I hope, you know, Chris is okay. Greg, they're okay with this, but uh, Chris's mother, Erlene, and Greg's wife, Erlene, uh, Erlene's mother had Alzheimer's. Yeah, so there were some connection points. Yeah, so there were some connection points, serious connection points, and we didn't know that going into it, and there was... Just a lot of like, you know, father, son. They very, it was really cool, very emotional. He did such a great job and it was a lot of fun. It takes about an hour and a half to two hours to go all the way through it. Totally worth it. Very different, very immersive um, uh, type of, I think he called it immersive theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So really cool, really, really cool stuff. Very, very cool. Yeah. And I would, I would implore, uh, just knowing what I know about it, like, you know, there's what you see that is Miami at face value. And then what is actually truly a like a Miami experience. This isn't going to live. This isn't going to 11. This and is doing, little Havana. This right here is something that you could do and and learn about the actual people who matter and the people who are truly repre- a, a, a true representation of what Miami is. Yes. That would, would be what I would say is if you want a true experience and to know more about the people and what Miami is, this is something you should do. Yes. Thank you. Thank because you. Because well that, put. you know, because I always, I, ar- I you know, I, I argue in my head a lot with how people perceive South Florida and Miami. And there's, and there's so much so many to different, love. There's different factions. There's it's, South Beach. Yeah. There's well, Winwood. Everyone thinks there's that. There's Havana. There's yeah. fucking Liberty City. There's. Oh, yeah. And everyone thinks that when they think of Miami, they think of South Beach. And they think that the whole, all of Miami is South Beach. And it's certainly not. It's certainly and there not. are so many cool, different things about South Florida and the melting pot. And that there is nowhere else in the world like this. Right. This is something that you could go to and truly appreciate um, what South Florida has to offer. Yeah. 
yeah, so it was really great. And uh, we are in talks with Uncle Scotchy, who is, you know, he's the main, he's the guy that does the whole thing. And we're going to have him on. Yeah. And talk about it more. And he's just also just an absolute blues savant. Yeah. So just a little tease with that. Perfect. But it's time to get into let's do it the jack white concert that we went to on tuesday and um the the face rock and roll still alive i i said it after the show rock and roll is on the ropes and you know at certain points you want to go grab the pads and 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 you might need the defibrillator. Um, this was one of the best shows I'd ever been to. Yeah, Jack White was everything as advertised, and probably a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, there was points where I would have I closed my eyes and just was listening to him shred the way that he does. And it was it was truly magical in the sense that there are so few people on this earth that can create those sounds. And to be able to be there and witness it and how great the production value was and everything about that was just um, it. I left feeling much better about what little true rock and roll we have left in this world. Yeah. Um, it was, it really, it truly was his whales, his whales. Yes. So I, I I wrote a couple things down here and I'm, I'm interested to see how you feel. And the first thing was actually, as we were walking in and I I think I had made a joke about it, but, um, you know, I didn't wear black and, 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 and neither did you. And I think we kind of missed the memo on that. Uh, Right. Yeah. It's so funny because it's such a, a classic jack white thing to just so many people came decked out in their gear um of just like all black and and it yeah and we like, totally did not and the rock and roll chicks of just you know and, and you hadn't seen them in a while and it was just great to be at like a really hard rock show yeah and see it properly represented and see the and you could just tell by the people that were coming there those people really wanted to be there and really were excited to see him perform. Um, uh, I, and I think this is one of your other points. Talk to me about the drummer. You, Darryl uh, Jones it is was, the best drummer it'd been, alive. It'd, it'd been a while since you and I had taken a show in together and you had told me pre, like before we got there, you know, hey, lock in on this guy. And it was, and if you, and if you remember, cause we were at the show, Jack White repeatedly, not anyone else, only, re- o- almost only, only continued to go directly up to the drummer and was in his face jamming with him. The guy was like standing at multiple points. He was, uh, he was, uh, he was literally almost just of a maestro as Jack was. Absolutely. For the show. Like, he would get up, like you would say, playing and, like, get up and, like, and the crowd would. Hyping. He was hyping. You know, there was points where he wasn't as utilized as the rest of the bandmates, so he was standing up, 
you know, just doing different things. And it's, it's so cool when someone is as, as talented as that can, you know, cause you would think with the intricacies, especially with someone like Jack White, that you'd have to be so ready and focused and, and like know what you need to do when, and this and that, but you could just tell he was having so much fun up there and really just like taking his moments of like hyping up the crowd and just being involved in the show. Cause a drummer to me, for the most part, thankless job, thankless. You're in the back. Always. You don't, you know, there's no mic there. And also too, it's a testament to Jack to be able to put his, you know, ego or stardom aside and share that with him. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. Totally. Um, so that was, that was very much a treat. Um, we also, we, we, I don't think I knew this going in, but you had mentioned as we were walking in, Hey, like they're gonna, you, you have to put your phone like in a pouch. Yeah. Like, and this was my first concert I'd been to where they give you a little pouch, they close it with a magnet and you know, you, there's a little, it's something that like Marshall's or Ross. Yeah. And there's a little spot that you can like a phone zone outside of the venue that you can like use your phone and if you need it. But when you're in the actual venue, you cannot pull your phone out. And it was so refreshing and such a treat. Ellie said that too. That um, everyone there seemed to be so present and so locked in onto what we were all there for, right? To watch this, this man and this band perform. And it was just kind of like it made me hearken back to like, maybe a day that I don't, tr we, we don't truly remember when these types of things didn't exist. Like Warp Tour when we were like, you know, Yeah, and it was just so cool to just look around and everyone was so focused and locked in on, the, on this show. And like, I honestly want this to always be the case moving forward. Yes. Now, yes. I think certain people like him can command that and get very little pushback. I don't know if you, you're going to be able to ever do this at like, you know, Coachella or these big shows, but like for him and the band to basically want this and then to do it and to see how much more present and fun I had, I just hope that that stuff like this continues because it really makes it really guys, it makes a really big difference. It really does. It really, really and does. It was, it was, I don't know if you remember it. I think. Like I think I you and I nudge. I mean, we did so much nudging to each other during the concert. We couldn't stop nudging. Yeah, we were jockeying for position <laughs> with our elbows digging into each other's ribs the entire show. And there was a moment where Jack says during in the middle of the show, he says he goes, he goes, you know, I've been down to Miami a bunch of times, and he goes, this is one of the like you know most incredible crowds. That I've ever been a part of, he goes, and he, and he goes, it feels like it's Detroit here. Really? Yeah. It and and here's another thing about him. When you look at just when you simply just look at Jack, and this to me was one of the things that I felt from the second he came out onto the stage. What you perceive Jack to be off stage, right? And how he is photographed, how he is documented. He is a very kind of soft spoken tone. And he seems very reserved. The juxtaposition of how he acted on stage to me was something that I was a little taken aback by. 
but I couldn't believe it as it was happening. The energy that that man brought from, from the, the second, from the second he walked out on the stage, he started shredding, shredding, shredding. And he multiple times looked out at the crowd, pumped everyone up. You know, when it was, you know, kind of soft spots in the show, he kept looking out and just kind of amping everyone up. And it was just so interesting to see how someone that is kind of perceived off stage. Yeah. How they acted when the lights were on them, Boom. when it was game time and ready to go and the whistle was blown. It was absolutely like high energy. And he just he took it to a new a, another level. And it was just like very exciting to see. And it made the show so much better. Cause like you said, he seemed really excited to be there. Yes. And like, and I'd heard on the Levitard show, Mike and, and Dan even saying that like they'd been to other shows and he wasn't like that no. down here. Mm -mm. And so when he came out there and really set the tone of what I think the show was going to be, we all knew like, Hey, we got to buckle up because it's about to get wild. One of the biggest differences that I notice, you know, seeing, I've seen Jack and the raconteurs and like, you know, a ton of times, one of the main things that I had noticed that was a huge difference was the first like 20 minutes of that show never stopped. Like no. he, he went one into the next, like yep. it was just rip roaring. Until he changed guitars. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah which he yeah. did multiple times, but it was By just... the way, did you pick up? He broke his strings a twice. No, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't say it to you that night because I was wait I was keeping it for the pod. Yeah. He broke his strings a twice. It was just um one of them was in the middle of a song, and the second one was like at the end of a song, but in the like both times broke his strings and you, you saw the guitar tech come out and they were just like the first, like the first one, when he broke it in the middle of a song, the guitar came out and was like, "You want me to?" Because the, those the guitar techs are so great now. Yeah, they can uh, uh, redo the the string while you're playing, and you could tell the guitar came out. And was like, "You want me to fix it?" And, and Jack was like, "Fuck it." Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just it. It was an amazing show. He shredded so goddamn hard. He is, and and I will say the visuals, and here's something that visuals I are cool. I don't know if it's being lost in today's music. Technology has never been, it's never been greater than it is right now, right? Right. And so the way that these artists can integrate that into their shows and the visuals that this guy used. That moon and like the circle. Yeah, he just had so the many. The tigers with Seven Nation Army. He had so many cool things going on behind him where it was this very the vintage. Statue. He had this vintage thing going on behind him where they, and thank God, and I don't know when this conversation happened, but whoever was like, hey, when you're like in the middle of a song, we're going to put this kind of vintage filter on and we're really going to zoom in on your hands on the guitar. Yeah. Watching him shred and getting to look behind him and see how he was making that thing cry. Yeah. To me was like that. That's what people like you and I that are going to shows like we're we live for that. Yeah. That shit right there. Yeah. Like that was so cool to just watch his fingers do what they did and it was just, uh, it was a fantastic show. Before we put this to bed, though, I want to yeah. bring up one other thing because mm -hmm. I, I had said it like a ton of times that night. Yeah, the DJ. <laughs> okay, okay. So 
Tell them. It was it was kind of funny. So Cat Power opened up the show, and we're we're sitting there watching, and there's this guy over to the side who has essentially exactly like what you would think with a like a, a, a like a one person it almost looked like a lectern a pastor's it was like a, a pastor's lectern yeah right up at the top and it but he was basically a rock dj like emceeing the event getting people hyped in a suit in like a business suit so older guy too, like not like a cool looking like no 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 and so it was bald and I'm like looking at this guy kind of giving him the side eye like what's going on here and at the same point you turn to I, me and I, I turn to you and you go I love this guy and I turn and I go I don't like you this were guy. like I don't know yeah, yeah 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 so it was super funny though because like but in any in, in like. And he was DJing in between Cat Power and like you know Jack coming on. Yeah, but he, and but the he was DJ. He's playing rock music. He's playing yeah. like you know he's 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 playing like. Well, they threw some Rick Ross in there, which I did appreciate. Yeah, in between, but he was in the in the process of getting people to be hyped up for Jack after Cat Power was done. He started like getting on the mic. He was playing rock. And it was very odd in a sense that I don't know. I, I was like, is this what's happening nowadays? Like with these like these DJs where they're going to like hype the crowd up and this stuff? This is the future you think of so? rock and roll. I think you would make a great yeah. rock DJ. I love, like when I was watching, I was like, this, I go, this is the future. This is cool. Like, because this is the genius of Jack of, hey, the audience, the people, the millennials, whoever you want to, whatever, however you want to. You know, put it. These people have very short fucking uh, attention spans. Yep. Not only do they have a short attention spans, they're into the DJ, the DJing, the the festivals. They're huge. Yeah. And Jack recognized that and said, "Let's do that, but let's play rock." And because remember, yeah. remember the guy was like hyping because yeah, he's not just over there DJing. He was he would come out and like hype people up. Yeah, oh, and he then stepped all away us, from it. He stepped away from his lectern, you know, on on the stage to like and then get people going. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, when he was hyping up, now Jack, now the band's walking on. Yeah, he's starting. He while it, he's fading out, it brings to point a larger thought of. Jack and people who are true artists of, yeah. of a craft are thinking about the things that truly make a show immersive and matter. And 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 how can we make take this normal rock show from the 70s and 80s, but like make it better and right. make it more interesting and, and also connect. Yeah, no, totally. And, and it was just so cool to tell like the thing that I took away a lot from that show was Jack White really, really cares about the production value the and about the how the fan that's standing, you know, 30 feet out from him is going to take his show in. Yes. He's thinking about his show from our perspective, not coming out there, collecting a paycheck and just shredding and getting the fuck out of because it. Because as, as you know, and as anyone, anyone else knows, like when you see especially any band that's not electronic, everyone knows. When the one when the opener band is done, 
Jordan, what happens? When the opener ban is done, what happens? You go take a piss, you grab your beer, and it's basically nothingness for about 20 minutes. It's 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 just low vibes. It's it's the, yeah. the volume's down. Yep. The uh, sound guy's playing his uh his playlist. Yeah. You know, or maybe like the roadies know, are maybe out there. But tuning. the volume's down, yep. and then you wait and you go, okay, I know this is the time to like, you know, let's go take a piss, get a beer. Not not no. not there. No, he kept he kept the vibes high. He I think was just amping everyone up so that when Jack White does come out, which he did with such high energy and and tenacity ready to go, that we were ready for that. Yeah. And he really set the tone for the show because it was just amazing to look around and see how many people really cared and appreciated. And uh, for a for Miami this. crowd, I I agree. That's I kind of a th- big deal. Yeah. Oh, totally. We are. The mommy crowd is like no. the first to be like, "Ball, yeah, that, yo, this isn't this isn't doing it for me." Yeah. So it was um, overall just. I, I, I'm going to go back to what we were saying right at the beginning. Rock and roll. I think we can both say, uh, for whatever we thought it was, it's it's a little bit better than that. Yeah. Based on what based on what we saw. Yeah. Yeah, really good stuff. Good shit. Yeah, the Jack White concert was amazing. Now he's coming back in a couple months. Do you want to go to that uh, the 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 concert that we went to on the? Uh, you didn't come with us last I year. I didn't go. He's but he's playing that con. He's it's playing it's that a good festival. lineup. He's playing that festival. It's a good lineup. So if you'd like to go get, uh, I believe it's the beginning of December. Um, we're so gonna, th- Muse is there. Phoenix is there. F- yep, it's a Friday or sa- I think it's a Saturday. There's a couple of the. It's it's actually a Half pretty alive. good lineup. Yeah, so uh, I think we might need to get a little double dose of Jack. Listen, I mean, I I, I I'm down, but I'm not down. Mm. You know, we'll see what we can uh, negotiate between now and then. Yeah, but uh, guys, take advantage if this man is in your town. Go see him. Bring everyone that 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 would even appreciate the level of artistry and 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 just effort that this man puts in. Yeah, he's not going to be doing it forever. It's totally worth it. I think you were totally right that we got the best version of Jack. Yeah, that is currently uh, that 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 that's ever been out there. Um, and with that, I think it's time that we get into the peacock. Let's get into the peacock. Let's do it. finally did it okay. i don't know if you remember but this is now the official callback of a peacock the barbecue band no i don't you don't remember. remember when we talked about this N- we uh, talked about not- it off air okay when recently uh fairly recently the barbecue band the barbecue band no. Sick. Maybe a couple adult sodas were involved, but no, I do not remember. This is a callback peacock 
to um, so you even you even gave me the opportunity to go out and 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 get a taste and I and I squandered that. It's a double callback because one uh I believe on air we we talked about the band and I was like I thought I told you and you were like I didn't know and then <laughs> after the uh red light was off I had looked it up and I was like oh I didn't do barbecue band so now we're doing barbecue band. The barbecue band. The Great bar- name. It's and it's not the barbecue band, it's the BBQ band. The BBQ band. But I call it the barbecue band. Okay. The barbecue band. 1979 to 1987. Okay. Uh post disco. But post disco, but kind of in the disco. Uh not po- 1979 to 87, post disco. Wasn't disco what we always talk about? Like early 80s was kind of you know disco died in like 81 okay you know early okay so maybe i'm kind of misrepresenting disco and like the synth rock that really became a thing in the early 80s Disco disco died and synth rock came from that yes okay yeah so post disco, uh, the BBQ band, um, and this is why we call it a double callback here. Okay, I'm t- and I hope you remember this one because this right. was a peacock. Okay, uh, the BBQ band was a studio concept uh, drafted by the businessman Jacques Fed Patrice, um, and Jacques Fed. Patrice, if you don't remember, because I can look at your face, I'm actually not wait, 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 wait. Give me the name. Give me the band. Change. And then you. That's my dog. That's my dog. It, Italy or France? Which one? And then you. At a. You, you know how that. You know, you he's know, touching. He's put a hand. It's not the national anthem, but there's a hand over the heart. Because you know, I, you know, normally I like making people look like an asshole, but not in these instances. Yep. So when you remember, it, it, that's it. It, it, it warms. It warms I do what my heart. I can. I do what I can. Uh, as you know, Jacques Fred Patrice, his close co-worker, who was also working, uh, who did all the stuff with change, uh, uh, Mato uh, Malavasi from Italy, mm. Milan, uh, the duo created the, the, this Italian American disco band after the, the success of change. Mm. Now, if you remember with change, change was recorded in Italy. Yes. But they were taking uh, funk session players and musicians from New York and the the Americans. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, they were recording in Italy. Okay. This is now the next progression of we are going to stay in America and take the same musicians that are from you know america and, yeah. and, and stay here and do it hmm. now that's interesting that's, that's that, kind of cool that they progressed i guess yeah in a sense and said we did this it worked 
Right. Let's go challenge ourselves with something else. Now, with and I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to because we like to like you know we like, we like trivia we have the guests here. Now they're in it's New York. Okay. Bass musicians. BBQ. What do you think? It's New York. Stay New York. Hey, stay New York here okay, with me. Okay, okay, okay. What do you think the BBQ band, specifically BBQ, stands for? Brooklyn, Bronx, Queens. The kid's good. Mm. The kid's good. The BBQ band is named after the three boroughs where all of the musicians uh, that they took for the band are from. I was scrambling mentally to come up with what, like, disco blues players were from new york and i was planning to fail miserably before what i'll consider you throwing me that bone yeah so the bbq band stands for uh bronx brooklyn and queens mm. where uh all the the musicians are from uh the debut album their debut album that they uh came out with tons of success but at the, you know but it's a ton of, it's a ton of success because Petrus and Malavasi have already really stamped their name. Yeah. Like on like without after change and like the funk community like really uh recognized them as like absolute like because Petru uh Patrice uh he's the producer, Malavasi's the writer. Okay. That's their connection. Okay. That's the whole thing. So first album, huge success. Two major hits on the beat, Time for Love, boomed it, big success. Okay. The uh the uh the, the first album's completely written, like I said, by Malavasi, except by for the exception of one song. The whole thing's uh uh recorded by uh Petrus. Um second album, even more successful. Hmm. Has th three more hits on it, even more successful. Okay. Um and this is where uh this is where alex has to delve into and i and i you know i looked it up i tried to get as much like dirt but there wasn't any dirt apparently and this is this is this is why it was a lot of fun to do this peacock this week because when i did change i didn't know one or talk about two about jacques fred putris his he's a fucking asshole mm. He was your typical treated everyone like shit. I don't like that. You know, he was just like, didn't matter who you were. Didn't matter. Record company. Didn't matter. He was just a, just a, just a fucking asshole. I wish you kind of would have left that out. And I left it out with change. You did. You but did. it's now I have to like, kind of like preemptively like say it. Patrice was a fucking asshole. Okay. And he, and, and he, he he rubbed elbows. He he didn't get along with anybody. A real like Turner, huh? Yeah. Yes. Yes. He, very close. Uh, but he didn't beat his fucking wife with yeah. uh, Tina Turner. Yes. Um, second album was great. Third album comes, gets a little too big for his britches. Mm. They go to Bologna, Italy. They okay. go over there to record the album. Should have stayed tried and true to what you were what you were doing. Flop city, bitch. Flop flop city. Mm. Third album does not do well at all. Uh, the record label that they were uh, signed to, which was because 
you know, changed it so well. And also, too, I want to kind of throw in there, too, not that, like, any of you fucking losers out there, whatever, even look it up, but you will not be a loser if you do look it up. The Jacques-Fred Petrus band has, it, 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 it's, it's got an underground infamy to it. Okay. So and and they was that all, all before. This was all before. Before change and everything. No, it was change, and then he had another band. I forget what it was, but then he also did, like did his own Jacques uh, Fred Petrus band or Jacques the Jacques uh, Petrus band, and it had a ton of success. Very underground success, but like super disco-y. Like anyone in the know knows about that. But they were all signed to Capitol Records. Okay. So Capitol Records. Signed also BBQ band off, you know, off of the uh, what, what would you say? The um, the stature, yeah, of, the, the, the previous success of his other of his other endeavors. So they went to Bologna in Italy and you know, it was a flop. Capital said goodbye, AOL style. Damn, goodbye, dropped them, goodbye, goodbye, um, and dropped them. So, but it was all good because he still had like, you know, Jacques still had like his fucking, you still, still had his name and uh, Electra signed him, mm-hmm. picked him up immediately and uh, just right off the waiver wire, huh? Right off the waiver wire. It was all good. Mm. And they, 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 they picked up right where they started off with. Now, the, did he go back? Did he realize their mistake and, and take this back to the Americas. Yeah, they went back to the Americas. Okay, yes, so he went you. he went back to his honey hole. Yeah, he went back to the Americas okay. and, 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 and signed with Electra and like, you know, they got back on track uh with the fourth album, you know, had a, a couple hits with the fourth album. The fourth album they took a lot of the, you'll hear with the, with their fo- their fourth album, you hear you'll you'll hear and he says it too, that they took a lot of things from the time in Prince, mm. you know, Jimmy Jam, Terry yeah. Lewis stuff. And uh, took a lot of stuff from them. So they came back, you know, with the fourth album and they were back on track. They went back to their to their good stuff. Jacques got murdered. Mm. Got murdered. Now, Brooklyn, Bronx, or Queens? Guadalupe. Mm. So I tried. Wait, he went to. I tried so hard to figure out what happened here. In Guadalupe their, is in Mexico. Okay, right? I believe so. Mm. Or tough, tough Brazil? place. I, uh, I was going Guatemala, but I think you're right with I think you're right with Mexico. Okay. Um, don't sure. fact check us on that, guys. Yeah, like don't do not. Andy, uh, I know, is already typing furiously. And do not. Mitskis are looking for yeah, things. Do not text in three zero five seven four one three six seven one. Tell us because we will not read it out loud. I'm going to double down. I'm going to do a Benson double down and say you had it right the first time. Mexico. So um, I looked into this and I tried to find as much as I could. There wasn't a lot about it. And it's one of those things where, and this is where the band stopped. They stopped. The band's done when uh, uh, Petrus like dies. It's uh, done. I'm going to just, I'm just going to, uh, bl- I'm just going to just flail it out there. Narco murder. So there's a little, there's mafia stuff in there mm. because, of, you know, because there's the Italy, you know, ties. Ooh. And apparently there's a lot of room. There's apparently he was laundering money, oh. you know, for the, for the uh, Italian, the Sicilian mafia mm. back in Italy. Mm. So he had ties to them. Doesn't matter where you go. And they're uh, going to get you. He also uh, was your typical, he, Wesley, he, he Wesley sniped, he tax evasion. Ooh. 
So we was decide tax evasion, but the way that the story goes, which when I looked it up, they're kind of like, this is, this is what happened. I know everybody wants to think that like, you know, something else happened, but he, uh, he left the United States because of tax evasion and he fled to Guadalupe, mm, Mexico. Yes. Uh, and while there, he opened up a club and at the club, he got into it because he's a fucking dick. Mm. This guy, that was the, that was the big umbrella of the whole thing. Just his dickness. He was an app like Malavasi, Maro Malavasi. He left after the, I believe the second album. He was like, I went through change with this guy. I did, I, you know, we were co like, you know, business partners. And he was like, he had enough with him. Yeah. He and cut he bait. Le- yeah. And he was like, cause he was such a fucking asshole. Mm. And so, uh, at his club in Guadalupe, uh, he has a run in with a, uh, Swedish tourist and he kind of punks this Swedish tourist and uh you don't mess with the swedes yeah that's what they always say they say it they always say that they say it you know that and the swedish tourist uh fucking shot him Mm. that's the 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 guy the swedish tourist was never found or prosecuted whatever you want to say sicilian mobster yeah yeah never found air quotes prosecuted like apparently he owed a lot of money to like the Italian mafia that he was money laundering for, especially like you know when his label and stuff went under. But he was uh, he was murdered in Guadalupe uh, by a air quote Swedish Swede. tourist that gunned him down outside of his uh, his club in Guadalupe because you know he told him like you know the guy stepped on his shoe or something. Mm. So. That is, uh, that's, that's the BBQ band. That's how they stopped. Um, but this is just like how change was a funk band that has this Italian European vibe, very synth, very synth heavy. And they were, what was cool about the BBQ band, at at least I thought was cool was they're really made up of session musicians. Like there was never a clear cut front vocalist, front man. Everything was written by Malavasi. I like that. Like, and it was really just it's, like it's about the music. Yes, and it's very uh, sequence, uh, you know, driven with synthesizers and stuff. And it's going to blow your mind. Okay, the I'm excited. BBQ band. BBQ. BBQ band. That's your peacock in music this wow. week. Wow. Great yep. job. Great job. Mm-hmm. Great job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit. Uh, as you know, we're on a podcast right now. And um, one of the things that actually got me into podcasting, I think it was 2000. I think you and I both did. 2013, 2014 was the serial podcast yes it was the number it was it was the first podcast i listened to it was also one of the first podcasts that like took the united states by storm true crime true crime also uh you know that that definitely helped the true crime wave continue 
or really ramp up. And it was about um, this guy in Baltimore, Adnan Saeed, who basically the podcast was about did he or did he not murder his girlfriend? And so it comes out now, um, I believe the, the end of last week that Adnan was freed. Uh, and I listened to the most updated um, episode of Serial where they just basically did. Oh, cool. You know, I didn't. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah. There's like a 15 to 18 minute episode they just dropped. Um, and it's basically explaining how the prosecutor came to the decision um, of why they they basically said he needs to be retried. And he's at home now on on like home detainment or whatever it is. And basically, they um, they did not. The prosecution did not disclose two potential, very possible suspects. Jay is shaking in his, in his boots. Correct. Yes. Because Jay is the his testimony is sh- his shit testimony is the reason why Adnan spent. I think it was twenty three years. Yeah. In in jail. Yeah. The, and yeah, it's it's. It's super cool, and the 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 great part about the podcast is, at least for me, listening to it every single. Can I pause you real quick? What we, do you got? Are we we are we listen to the serial podcast? And anyone, I'm I'm sure a lot of people also did too. Free Adnan. We are on the free Adnan. Yes, we n- never believed that he should be. Well, the beauty uh, and majesty of the podcast was, I think it was ten episodes. I literally went back and forth yes. probably every and that probably by design the way they did it. But every episode at the end of it, you go, did he fucking do it? Yeah. Did he not? And the next one you're like, oh, he did it. He did it. And then, no, he definitely didn't do it. So and and then, you know, all the subsequent information that came out between then and now. And um, if there was a couple years ago where they were trying to get his case reheard it was it was struck down it was, yep. and not and not allowed and now this all comes out and the prosecution not only withheld information about these other potential people that were never followed up upon which is its own thing Hold. but they have no confidence based on the episode that i listened to today that any of the actual information in the the trial they don't have any confidence in that either and for the american justice system to do what they have done. Correct. Shows you. Yes. When they said that basically, not only did they withhold the information about the two new possible suspects and how they're like, was legitimate reasons, means, motive, and opportunity for them as well. That also the, 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 the evidence they used to prosecute him on also independently did not hold up. Tells you that this is certainly probably going to go towards an acquittal. Which, Jay flip flopped. Yeah, Adnan's getting high at the house, and Jay fucking flip flopped. Yeah, so it was super crazy because you know there's been a lot of things in our lifetime where they happen, and you go, "That's not going to change." And this was one of those, especially that took the world by storm, and now we're seeing it actually. It, it, it looks very, very viable that he's going to go free now. You know what's the most amazing thing about these like podcasts and, and also these true crime uh, documentaries that you like see coming out? The most amazing thing about it, at least for me, is 
it's awesome. Not and awesome is like not the word to use, but it's amazing to to see and watch how fucked up these detectives and these police precincts the 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 things that they go the extents that they go to to try to make somebody look guilty these detectives try they get you in rooms and interviews and they hammer you down they beat you down to a point because you know, we all, you, we used to believe in the American justice system and democracy, and it's the most, you know, you know, fair way of like, you know, doing things in the, in the whole entire world. But really, it's not when the detective and usually the head detective has some type of connection with like, you know, the head prosecutor of that county, how corrupt they are. Oh, totally. They need to just get a verdict. They need to get somebody pinned down, and that's all that matters. And I think that's the most wonderful thing that's starting to happen now, and you're seeing with reversals of shit, with these detectives will just beat you down, and and you think you are mentally capable of like never implicating yourself, but when you're in a room for fucking four to eight hours constantly and someone just says, keep saying the same thing and you say, no, I didn't do it. You get to a point where you're just like, I will just say whatever you want me to hear to get me the fuck out of this room. Yep. Yep. And actually, it's it, it brought me back to another podcast where literally Serial uh, played a very large part in this happening so the old the the probably the largest factor and if you um there's another podcast called up up and uh up and vanished and it was about the first the first season was about uh this woman tara grinstad getting getting murdered and this guy Payne Lindsay from atlanta uh down in osilla georgia went down there and started to investigate and the crazy thing also which kind of parallels uh, Serial and Adnan Syed is he got so involved that people actually started coming forward, and that case actually, mid almost all the way through the first season, information came up and people actually got charged because of the podcast. Really, and you have to listen to if you haven't yet. I, Payne I Lindsay, say, I, I was supposed to say, I don't, I have never heard of this. Up and Vanished is a very good podcast. This all guy right. Payne Lindsay, I'm on started it. asking all the questions, people started coming out of the woodworks. And the case literally got fucking solved because of this guy. Wow. And it has parallels to, um, you know, what was going on here. And, and that literally, if these people never came around, if if Serial never started sniffing around this case, Adnan would still be locked up right now. Yes. Ab- a- absolutely. Yeah. And so if you guys have not listened to either one of those Up and Vanished, go listen to that. Super cool. But Serial, I mean, that first, the other seasons are, in my opinion, and... Whack. But they serial, did like the bow, the guy that like you know left the military that went, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, and one of them actually, one of the seasons they do is about the criminal justice system in Cleveland, Ohio. That one's actually pretty interesting. But season one of Serial is what literally got me into podcasts, and now full circle, we're doing our own, and now it looks like Adnan is going to be free. Yeah. So if you don't know about it. 
Go check out Serial Season 1. Super interesting, super cool. And it shows you the power of podcasts. And I think now we should try to see if we can latch onto a case and free someone. Yeah? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. So 305-741-3671. If you know someone wrongly imprisoned, uh, let us know and we're going to start investigating. Now, this it's I mean, it's just an absolute Texas, you know, cowboy steak of an episode. Yeah. And thank God. And this usually is not something that I do. Uh, as And as I'm saying this, grab me a beer. Yeah. Grab me a beer. Because uh, before I get into the hurricane that's approaching. Woo! Here we um, go. I, before okay. I get into it. Yeah. Talk to me about prey. Okay. So, uh, last night was, uh, was a book club for the women Yep. at the house solo dolo. And I had just, uh, went back in time and I remembered you telling me thank you about prey, which if you guys don't know is the prequel to predator now on you, Hulu, on Hulu, on Hulu. If you have it, go check it out. Um, and essentially it's about. Uh, early 1700s Native Americans um, in like uh, North Dakota or the Plains. Yeah. In the Plains, the, pl the Indians of the, the Plains. Comanche Indians. Comanche in Indians of the Plains. And basically. The most, by the way, the most badass of all Indians in the North America. The Comanche Indians, fucking bar none, were the shit. Apache, cool, Seminole. The Comanche Indians, I'm obsessed with the Indians. I've read it. The Comanche Indians were the only Indian tribe that, like, the United States did not want to fuck with. Mexico did not want to fuck with the Comanches. The Comanches were the first Indians to fucking take horses and, like, ride around on horses and shit. Yeah. You know, everyone else, like, you see, you see Indians and, like, you know... They're they they're they're tribes. They got axes and they got bows and arrows. The Comanches were the first that they were riding around with hundreds of horses, dog. Yeah. So I was, you know, you had told me the premise of the movie, and so I wanted to go watch it. And like the beginning, especially, I'm like, all right, they got this young this young chick. How are they gonna turn this from like, you know, like futuristic space alien? To like, and that I think is what the cool part is into the juxtaposition of, okay, these people that have like no technology whatsoever. How is this even going to be a fair fight? You know? And it was, um, bottom line, dope, dope movie. And it was super cool. I really liked where they took it. And it was also super interesting to see. I mean, the ending was just like, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. And I'm kind of like, I want them to do this same movie all throughout history. Drop a predator into the 1800s right. in, 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 you know, in France. Yeah. And let's see what happens then. Drop the predator when the Vikings were around. Yes. You know what I mean? That's the next movie. Like, right there. Like right the, there. Like Valhalla versus fucking Pred. Yes, so that I, I, I'm trying to like rack my brain for even like drop the pred back with them Incans and Aztecs. Let's see blow to blow 
who's going to come out victorious. I told you, I loved this movie so much, and it's really cool. In Hulu, it's on Hulu. I love this movie so much that I watch it in the Comanche version after. That was also, I remember you saying that because in the, the regular, I guess, version, you know, it's these indigenous people talking in English. And I'm like, do I put on the sub tees? Right. Do I not? I and I said, you know what? I'm just gonna roll with it. I've already been doing it, but I think if I go back and watch it, I gotta go sub tease on the next one. Yeah, because it was um, very cool movie, very interesting concept. I applaud whichever you know stoner in that writing room was like, okay, guys, Predator and Native Americans, dude. I and this is a little bit of a spoiler. But okay, spoiler how, alert right now. Yeah, turn it off right now if you don't want to know. It's actually, it's actually, no, it's, it's okay. Dog, how dope was it when the fucking chick fucking takes the axe and puts a fucking string on it? Dope. She, she, she threw that thing around like it, it was, well, of course, it's she's a movie. hunting a rabbit. Yes. And she's trying to get the rabbit, she's throwing a hatchet. Well, it was originally like a deer at the a giant deer at the beginning. Was and that she, what I she thought it was a rabbit? She couldn't get the deer, so she then was like, "All I right, need to come I got quicker. I got to yeah, I got to step up my game here. Let me figure out some technology. I'm gonna like take this shit off of a tree and like weave it together and create like a twine." And then it's going to be like this dope fucking mechanism. And she's like throwing the hatchet and the axe and then just like, you know, she's throwing it like 20 yards away. And then like it's connected to like, you know, her wrist and she pulls it back and the hatchet comes back like a boomerang. Yes. Sick. Yeah. Now, I would have liked to know why the Predator came. Well, I mean, it's. There are certain parts of movies that I'm always like, I need more information. Right. Like, why did he come? What 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 made him wage that war? Well, remember, remember the reason why it's they're hunting. They they are they're always looking for like they're, the, they're the, just they're just the apex predator. Yeah, to, they're just to trying fight to and, hunt and claim. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, but it was a very cool movie. Uh, the end scene when they just brought it full circle Stupid. was just dope. Stupid. And uh, credit to the Comanches. Ama- yeah, Prey was a was amazing. Good movie. We're making a lot of terrible movies now. Good movie. Great movie. Yes. So yes. Um. So uh, speaking of Prey, how about Florida? Huh. Yeah, we got a. You know, everybody else in the country is getting ready for fall you know football season's here yep you know it's 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 you know in northern states it's probably sweater weather yep you know but guess what Mm. guess what we got a hurricane coming through baby Mm. we got a hurricane coming through now we can't wait on a one to ten what is your anxiety zero concern level zero 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 because of how far away it is and you don't know where it's going um because um because it's yo this is florida baby if you think a hurricane's gonna take florida down you're sadly mistaken Mm. the cone is just it's engulfed all of us. Cone of no concern is what you're telling me. Cone of no concern. We're in the cone of no concern and you're not concerned. We are supposed to get hit Wednesday. 
It's looking like it's actually moving up a little bit. We're it's like Tuesday early afternoon. Let's go. So you're ready to go toe to toe. I'm not filling up the bathtub with water. I'm not getting any type of like you know 24 packs of Zebra Hill. I'm, you're gonna I'm not buy batteries. You're raw dogging it. Yeah. Now, as a homeowner, this is your first true, I believe, let's just say. It, it uh, could be. Alleged, alleged possibility for a, a storm to come your way. And you're telling me right now, confidently, you're going to raw dog this thing, no prep. I will wake up Wednesday morning because it's supposed to hit. Uh, it's going to be Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Yes. I will wake up Wednesday and think about putting Put shutters it, up. Putting your shutters up late? Think about it. Okay. You know? So you're going very... You're There's a cone of no concern around you. I'll be pissed off if Wednesday or Thursday comes and I lose my cable. The, okay. If it comes, you are going to lose power for multiple days. Um, And heading to your place. Um, I can promise you we will lose power for multiple days. But I'd rather... You got to come to Casa de Bill. Uh, we got room. Let's go. Yeah, we got room. Casa de Bill. Yeah, yeah. It's the you original to La Quinta. Fort, Fort de Rodriguez mm. is where you want to be. Got the pool table, plenty of alcohol. Um, That's where I was stashed during Irma. And it was a dream. They have all under this one's Herm Herm Hermina Her, Hermine. Hermione. Her, yo, what's what's the chick from Harry Potter? Hermione. Hermione. We're going Hermione. Do you remember? Do you? Let's open up another tab. Mm. Do you remember the first time we heard Nicki Minaj? That what? The first time we heard Nicki Minaj on the mixtape, the uh, it's uh, Louisiana. No, uh, I think it was. I think or the it was drought the is drought. over. The drought is over. I think it's the drought. It's one of the the drought is over. Do you remember what I'm where, where I'm going with the, no. the verse? No. Do you, do you remember it? Uh uh. If this was when, and you see you guys out there, you know Nicki youngins. Minaj. You youngins know Nicki Minaj, but guess what? Your boys here, we we were on the forefront of it. The Drought is Over 2 came out, datpiff.com. We were downloading, illegally downloading fucking mixtapes off of online. And Lil Wayne was at the height of his shit, DJ Drama. And Nicki Minaj featured, he, she had just gotten signed to uh, Young Money. She, and she featured on The Drought is Over. I forget if it was one or two or three. I was probably I'm trying to look it up. One or two. And she. Uh, she it was her and Lil Wayne, and I'll never forget they were uh rapping over the uh Pharrell beat. Um uh can't stop, won't stop, Rockefeller Records. We gets down, baby. We gets down, girls, the girls that love us. It was over that beat. And I'll never forget Nicki Minaj's fucking verse. She goes, she says to Lil Wayne. You be Harry Potter and I'll be Hermione. <laughs> I'm trying to find it up. Yeah. Can't find it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Nicki Minaj was like, this was a young Nicki Minaj, but yeah, you be Harry Potter and I'll be Hermione. You know, drops behind me. And it was, I, and I remember when that came out, you, me, Scott, like we were like, you know, in college and we were just like, 
Yo, this Nicki Minaj chick is fucking nuts. And then she then she blew up after that. But um, yeah, so Hurricane's coming. We're all set. It doesn't even matter. But really, uh, before we uh, you know, get this out, because we I think we really need to touch on um and and I would love it for it to be a PSA, and it's not gonna because you uh you gen like X's YZ's whatever the fuck you are. This NyQuil chicken challenge? What's up with this? Bro, you guys are just like I don't like it's it's a it's a hard thing for me to wrap my head around because obviously it's wild, but two, I want to know. I'm always obsessed with these challenges because I want to know who started them because I want to shake their hand. Is it Big Pharma? I want to shake. Uh, is it Big Pharma? Is it Big Pharma? Oh shit. Jordan just fucking, he just threw the curveball in my lap. Is it big? Like, so the whole thing is what? You you take the chicken and you're like marinating slash cooking it in the NyQuil. And is it just, can you, do you see if you could eat the whole piece of chicken before you fall asleep? What's the point? I don't get it. Is it supposed to taste good? Listen. Don't ask me these questions. Just a, a a nice a nice grilled chicken with a NyQuil reduction. I sorry. <laughs> Listen. I don't know the answer to your questions. I think and I'm trying so hard not to be the old head that says you guys are dumb, but it's just feeling like for me personally, that these fucking kids are just trying to push the envelope. Because me remember the Tide Pods? Remember the yeah, Tide Pods? Yeah, a couple pods. dumb fucks This died. is Tide Pods again. 2.0. But at least you're supposed to, like, ingest NyQuil. Like, you don't have, a, you don't have like, a bag of dirty laundry in, in, your, in your stomach. Like, keep the Tide Pods out. I the NyQuil chicken challenge one I've been reading about it you know not on TikTok I've never watched I never watched it are people really like are I don't get it because like when we were young and dumb we were like egging someone's house now, like, the kids in, in high school are, like, eating Tide Pods, fucking dying, and, like, and, and doing, like, a nice little NyQuil marinade on a fucking piece of chicken thigh. But this is what, I, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Listen, you guys want to do some NyQuil shit? Let's, like, let's be real about it. Let's, let's do a nice Alfredo. Let's do a nice Alfredo. Like mix it into the Alfredo sauce? Yeah. Like let's marinate in the NyQuil. Let's do like a little chicken milanese or... See if you can start the dinner and, and, and eat it all before you fall asleep. Right. I don't know. But, you know, what I've been reading, the you know, CDC is... <laughs> the CDC. God damn they must. God. They must. The CDC, the last three years, two, two, <laughs> two years is just like... They're... they're 
They're done. They're over it. So I'm picturing the CDC. It's like, all right, what do we have that we need to come out with, like, you know, a press release on? Okay, so we have, we have, we have COVID. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Imagine the CDC before 2020. The CDC before 2020 was like, all right, hey, yo, we're Ebola. You know, we're tackling fucking uh, a Zika virus. Well, no, no, they're all hands on deck. Polio. It's like, we got to put something out about this COVID thing. That you know the these the the bat is like causing some problems. Okay, what's the number two killer in America? Tide pods. We have to say something about not to eat tide pods. I got Ebola over here. I, I have got COVID coming from the west. I have mosquitoes just ravaging. And, and we, tide pods. And it's in in in. Because cause this is the thing, you know, Ebola, Zika, you know, polio, they're coming from like, you know, just like. So Terry, okay, Terry, uh, you're going to handle all the COVID stuff. Frank, we need you to do the Tide Pod stuff. Big deal. A lot of these guys and gals out here dying. Because like the, the Zika and the Ebola stuff, they're like, all right, we got to figure this out. We got to like, you know, find, you know, something to like. Some type of like you know vaccine for it. When <laughs> when the Tide Pod things happen or like the Nyquil things happen, it's like, well, this isn't gonna go. We're, we're not gonna test this. No, it. they call down. They call down to the underground lab and they go, Hey, hey, can you, hey, uh, I need you to stop working on that COVID vaccine. I get take all that and put it off the plate. Grab a I need gallons to, of. I need you to figure out how to come up with a vaccine for what happens when people eat. Um, let me check my notes here. Uh, Tide Pods. I'm, t I'm Terry. I'm Terry. You're Terry. I'm Terry. Okay. Huh? Yeah, uh, Terry. No, no, no. The vaccine is going to take a backseat. We don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. That's kind of localized over there in China, but we got a thing going on over here uh, with Tide Pods. Huh? Yeah, like the Tide Pods. You know the things that you, you clean your clothing with? Uh, the kids, they're, they're eating them. I need you to come up with a vaccine for that. What's your name? Your, what's your name? You're your Fauci? Your Fauci? Yeah, I'm Fauci. Dr. Fauci. Yes. You want to waste... Uh, yeah, waste Tide Pods. Tide Pods are the number one thing now. Number one killer for college-aged kids in America. We have to protect the youth. They're going to keep eating them. We have, to st we have to come up with a vaccine. Okay. All right. Hey, Dr. Fauci, got you. Hey, got you. Hey, got Hey. I'll get back to you. I don't know when. I don't know the time. I'll get back to you. Now, also, I want you to put NyQuil on your watch list. Yeah, the stuff you take when you have like a like a cold. What? What? They're why though? Why they're though? cooking chicken with it? What? Uh, what do you? They're they marinate. They score the meat of the chicken and they pour the NyQuil in not there. Not DayQuil, but just the NyQuil. Not DayQuil. They're they're making like a nice reduction out of it. Okay. 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 Okay, hey, Dr. Fauci, I got this. I got the. I got the, Yeah, I got the this. COVID stuff, push that to the side. No this. big deal. I got this. No big D. Ready? I'm Terry. Yeah. I, I, I'm getting back to it. I'm putting my heads, I'm getting my head, my head's down. I'm getting yeah. to it. Ready? Mm -hmm. I'm getting, but, I, but first, you know, I get on the phone. Ding, 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 ding. I get on the phone. <sighs> oh, hey, Gordon Ramsay, I didn't think you were going to pick up. Yes. Gordon Ramsay. Um, so. This is this is uh, CDC stuff. We gotta we gotta we gotta test this the Nyquil thing. I don't know if you heard about it. We it wasn't my restaurant. 
I, I know, I know, but I need you to come over and like help me out with like, you know, how to like, you know, cook this chicken, how to marinate it. Was the stuff. chicken cooked properly? Um, I listen, you're like you're asking questions that I don't know. Seems a little firm. Um, will you be I know the I know the queen just died. Can you be here tomorrow? I'm on the flight. Okay. Um, bring some Michael. Yeah. Uh and uh dude dude, dude, dude. Dude, it's just Darwinism. I, if I have a kid, if I have a kid, and I find out they're not going on the internet till they're 30. If I have a kid and I find out about this shit that they're doing this, if I have a kid and I find out they're doing this shit, this is, um, this is more worrisome than, um, like crack cocaine. Yeah. This is more worrisome. I am more worried about someone doing something stupid because of like a viral moment than I yeah, am like hard drugs. That's where I'm getting at. Like, I yeah. know we're like laughing about it, but like, I'm also getting at just like, yo, we are entering a point in time in life where like kids are doing things because it's just viral. Yeah. And like, that's scary to me yeah like don't you know they say with covid like don't drink a bunch of bleach please like just don't do that like it, it's it, it and there's been like no no like nothing like you know, there's people like they're getting fucked up from it but it's i don't have you seen the color of nyquil yes it looks like, like something out of Batman or, you know, some superhero movie. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things where, like, when you put it in a pan. It's like the goo that was in Power Rangers. Right. Like. I think that was purple, but still. The, the NyQuil chicken thing is... You know, it's absolutely absurd to me and I I'm I'm done with the challenges. Yeah, me too. They're no, not actually, funny. The, they start out funny. The milk crate challenges were kind of funny. They start out funny. This shit's not funny anymore. I don't know. The milk crate. The milk crate challenge is hilarious. It's great. But we are now entering a point where it's just like, yo. Who wants to accidentally die? Like, how, where's the joke? What's, yeah, you just look like a fucking idiot. Because remember, remember like the original challenges were like, we're doing the ice bucket challenge for ALS. That was cool. Oh, maybe we should do that. Yo, if you want to do the NyQuil chicken challenge, let's do it for AIDS. I don't want to. You and me? I'm sorry, AIDS, but... I'm I'm not going to sleep. I'm not going to sleep forever for that. Just like uh, the Nyquil chicken uh, challenge comes out, and it's for like you know to battle AIDS, and it's just like Magic Johnson out there, just like you know, just please roasting up like on the grill, just like a marinated fucking Nyquil chicken. Uh, <laughs> even if you throw Magic out there, I'm not doing it. Yeah, it's um, it's wild. It's something that like obviously like you know we can never like connect with. And I know it's super easy to like target and like make fun of, but it's now we are to a point where, um, has someone died yet? No, no one's died. Yeah. Uh, There's been a couple like almost overdoses Mm. and really what I read was the overdoses come from not even the (laughs) marriage. 
I can't even get through it. The reduction. It, yeah, it's the reduction. It's not even the marinating because there's two different recipes, if you will, for the snack bowl. You can marinate the chicken and cook it, or you cook the chicken like in a frying pan and then you pour the NyQuil in. Mm. And apparently, the pouring of the NyQuil in the frying pan, the fumes. Mm. The fumes are doing what they do. And apparently, like NyQuil, when you heat it up. So just cook it outside, guys. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Go outside of the grill. Yeah. And cook it. Yeah. Cast okay? iron. Cast iron and just and just be outside with the fan. Yeah. Now, in this, you know, this seems like something that uh, Johnny Sachs probably would have, he would have survived. J Johnny Sachs, or uh, Joey Sachs, excuse me. Joey Sachs. I'm Joey, yeah, Joey Sachs you. would have not even bat an eyelash at this. No way. No. That guy almost fucking died so many times. Uh, it's so, yeah, the NyQuil chicken thing. It's, Don't do it. It's wild. Um... And I feel bad for every parent out there that's even trying to do this um, because it's now because, you know, damn well. And or, it's, or you tell me if I'm wrong, you know, damn well, the people, the kids that are doing it, they know it's bad, right? Dad and like, just don't make me be the dad that has to bring the kid to the ER with remember, for the NyQuil thing. Remember the things that like I'm our, gonna be so shamed. Remember the things that our dads had to like come to us with, like, hey, yo, that was a bad decision. Yeah, it wasn't this. It wasn't this. It was don't like, throw the eggs at the house, Jordan. That's it. That's it. That's it. See you next week. See ya.